Hi there and welcome to Global Heart Church. Uh, I'm Jared Keane, a senior pastor, and wherever you are tuning in from around the world today, really, really hope and pray that in our planning of this message that it's going to really inspire you for the great journey that you are on and uh, for the great calling that you have in your own life. So enjoy the message and really pray that it's a blessing to you today. Here's, here's what I'm going to start off with. Life is not fair. There you go. Very encouraging start, right? <laughs> hey, this is a funny thing. You know, I've got three kids and, you know, when we sometimes have only one chocolate to give away, one of them gets it. And the other ones go, life is not, oh, sorry, no, they, it's, that's not fair. That's exactly, that's not fair. But, you know, life is not fair. And as Christians, life is not fair. Because if we have our concept of fairness to God and we take that to God, our life is not fair. We do not deserve anything God gives us. We are at the better end of this deal. We've received Jesus, which we don't have any merit or any deserving place to actually accept that. Life is unfair. And we've got to be thankful that life is unfair and God pours out his love, his son Jesus to get this done, yeah. right? So that really is, the, is just setting up to say, life is challenging. You know, the practical things that life is challenging and it is stormy. It is stormy and that's really what I wanted to talk about today is just, you know, I've been with the hurricane that's going through the US at the moment. I thought, okay, why not talk about storms? It's such a, you know, often used topic to explain things in life in church. So I said, hey, let's see what a storm really looks like. Yeah, I've got a few pictures up on screen. That's a picture of a storm. Fantastic. Uh, looks pretty scary. It's pretty dark. It's really brooding. You know, there's, another, there's another picture. They actually have, you know, photography camp competitions on uh, what's the best storm picture of the year. <laughs> that was one of them. Man, but it looks scary. Look at the lightning and look at all of those things that are actually happening in there. We get a little bit more scary. There's things that I've learned that it's called a fire nado, right? There's a picture of that. That's like fire kind of swirling around and, and taking everything and burning everything up. And I said, this is what sometimes life feels like, right? And the funny thing about that picture is the guys in those jeeps and those cars are actually chasing these storms. They are storm chasers. It's a real thing. It's a real career for some people. Some crazy stuff. <laughs> Chasing after extreme weather events. You know, you know what? We are not called to be storm chasers. <laughs> we are not called to be storm chasers. There's enough happening in our life that we don't have to keep chasing a storm. Most of the time we are creating storms as well. We need to be stopping doing those things. Hey, one, I, one thing I like doing when I get up on stage is to share some funny facts and crazy facts. And... Um, Usually that sticks with people. So here's one around storms or just, you know, any weather events. There was a heat wave in California which one turned grapes into raisins. <laughs> it, can it can rain cats and dogs, sorry. It can rain animals because fish and frogs can rain on you. <laughs> it's true. Anyway, I won't go into too many, <laughs> too many of that. But hey, life is, life is hard, so let's not chase after storms. Let's not create storms. But you know what? That we believe in a supernatural God. We believe in a supernatural God who can calm the storm, who can still the wind, who can still the waters, and he can actually set a bush alight without burning it. That's the kind of God we serve, a supernatural God. right? So we're not called to be storm chasers. We are called to be miracle chasers. We are called to be miracle chasers, and that's what my, the title of my message is. 
Hey, I believe that if you have, if you are in need of a miracle, I, I could, I could do with some in my life, and. You know, if you're in need of a miracle, whether it's a physical healing or whether it's financial or whether it's a relational thing or if you're praying and believing for somebody to be touched by Jesus, hey, I know that our God who created the heaven and the earth can make it happen for you. He can bring about a miracle. He can absolutely do it. Amen? Great. So the, what does a miracle really mean? Hey, in the Greek word, miracle is, the root word for that in the Greek is dunamis, which is also where the word dynamite comes from. So this is something powerfully extraordinary, right? It says that, you know, the, some of the storms, another fun fact, is, can be as five times as, as big as the atomic bomb that was dropped in Hiroshima. This is crazy. We're talking about something really powerful. You know, and Pastor Jared has declared miracle territory over the church in this season. So we are meant to be chasing after miracles, right? And that was a prophetic thing to claim territory, you know? So what is it that we are called to do. We are called to live a blessed life. We are called to live, you know, day in, day out, hanging on to God, His word, His provision, His, His um, grace, His love. That's what we are meant to be born, to live a blessed life. But every now and then, we get stuck up in a storm. The storms of life come and we're not ready. Are we, you know, we're taken by surprise sometimes. Sometimes we know it's coming and it happens. And we need to be ready to find a way to get through that. So the storms are always brewing and it feels like a coffee shop to me, a 24 by 7 coffee shop when I talk about brewing. Different shapes and sizes like, you know, espressos, double espressos, ristretto, short mac, long mac, piccolos, cortados. There's hundreds of them. Let's not talk about the variants like, you know, almond, soy, lactose free. Uh, I have no idea what that is. My worst coffee storm looks like a double decaf, lactose-free with three sugars. <laughs> if you don't like coffee, I got nothing for you people. <laughs> hey, but really, we need God to help us get through these storms. We need God to push us through this. It says in Psalm 46, 1 to 3, God is our refuge and strength, an ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear. Though the earth gives way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with their surging, it's saying God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in trouble. That's what we come, got to come back to. That's what it means to be a miracle chaser, is just being there. God wants us to be blessed. He wants us to be healthy. He wants us to prosper. And He wants you to be above and not be beneath. This is all scriptural, it's biblical. This is what God wants for us. Again, in Ephesians 3.20, it says, Now to him who is able to carry out his purpose and do super abundantly more than all that we dare ask or think, infinitely beyond our greatest prayers, hopes or dreams, according to his power that is at work within us. So he is able to do, right, super abundantly, infinitely be beyond our greatest prayers, that's, you know, more than what we can ask or think, according to his power, but the final thing and the most important one, that is at work within us. So we have an important role to make, to play to make this happen. You know, it, it is critical that we do our bit. And this is another fun fact for you. Every time God and I are in the mix, the only limitation in this is me. Sometimes I don't like to accept it, but that's true. Every time, every time, it's me. Right? But I believe that God really wants us to have miracles, to see miracles. I'm sometimes desperate. I need to get out of this. I, 
So what is it that we do? And I, today, you know, I've got, I've got four simple points that we can do to help you unpack how to be a miracle chaser. Just four, not 40. Like I'm used to, just four. Uh, hey, I just want to encourage you with these four important messages, right? How do we be a miracle chaser? So all of my points are going to start with B, right? The first one is be still. Like, this is stormy. It's already, you know, cooking. It's brewing. It's shaking. It's trembling. It's whatever. We are called to be still. Now, still doesn't mean that I'm going to just be rigid and not move and be like a be like a dead person. That's not what stillness really means. It's not being, it's, it's a state of our heart. It's a position of our heart where we say, I'm going to be still. I'm not going to be frustrated. I'm not going to get angry. I'm just going to not go after the chase, but just be still. And it says in Psalm 4610, you know, further below it says, God is our refuge and strength. Then it goes, God's telling us, be still. This is an instruction to all of us. Be still and know that I am God. Just be still. I will be exalted among the nations and I will be exalted in the earth. So what he's saying is, be still. I will bring about the miracles in your life. But it's got to be from us being still. And I just want to share a personal story uh, of what this scripture really means to us. If, if you ask Aparna and me as a family, what is that one scripture that you'd put up on your wall? This would be it. Be still and know that I am God. Now the reason was we come from a culture where we have to keep moving and keep doing things and have to push through, have to fight, have to survive, have to grow. You were really constantly always pushing through. There was no stillness. There was nothing that let you just sit down and have a moment. It wasn't there. I was working, I'm used to working 24 seven, seven days a week, no boundaries around those things. I was always on the go, go, go. We were in Australia, we, um, about 17 years ago, Ended up, it was meant to be a very short stint. God's got a funny, funny sense about those things. It was meant to be an hour's thing. I came in, did my exec MBA, did 24, 24 subjects in one year, just get it smashed, go back, did all of those things. God really slammed us. Apana got saved. I recommitted my life to God. We got stuck into church, and God really wanted us here. We didn't know how we were going to make that happen. Even though, you know, we knew God and the goodness of God and all of those things, we were not still. Like, we were running around trying to find an angle here, find, find an immigration angle here, trying to find one to find us to sponsor our visa. There was lots happening in that season. We were constantly, you know, battling ourselves. Really, we were just battling ourselves and all these storms. It was one of the worst storms in our life. We did not know what was going to happen. God wanted us here, but didn't know how we were going to go about it. We went to one of those uh, church camps and somebody just prayed on us. It was a prophetic word for us and it just really stuck to us through all seasons. He said, just said, hey, God's telling you guys this, be still and know that I am God. Um, I'm looking for more practical ways of how to break through. Hey, this, uh, you go, go to this person, God's going to show me that face and show me this opportunity. That's what I was looking for. But this is what came. Be still and know that I'm God. I can tell you, after 17 years, that is the position that God really required of us. Miraculous things happened when we didn't start to push through. We just stood there and started to just walk into whatever he wanted us to do. It wasn't that we were not trying or doing things, but in our hearts... 
to a large extent, we were still in knowing God's got this. So to, if you want to be chasing after miracles in God, you need to be still in God. Be still in God. Right, so that's the first point. The second one is, hey, it might look simple, but hey, these are very important positions for us to take. The first one is, you know, be still. The second one is, believe. I just told the B off that just to make it, you know, consistent. It's belief. Um, this is the one critical ingredient that we need to make miracles happen in our life. We were singing today, I know a breakthrough is coming. What you're saying is, I know a miracle is coming. But it says, by faith, I see a miracle. My God has made me a promise and it won't stop now. That's what we were singing today. What we are singing is like, hey, by faith, we will see the miracle. Right, so there's a, there's a story uh, in the Bible. Um, there was a, you know, many stories in the Bible that Jesus was asked to heal um, a person who was possessed with a demon. In Mark chapter nine twenty one to twenty seven, I'll just a little, little bit of that. It says that Jesus asked the boy's brother, "How long has he been like this?" From childhood, he answered, "It has often thrown him into fire or water to kill him. But if you can do anything, take pity on us and help us." Fire and water, again, the same themes of storms and everything else, that's good. <laughs> Take pity on us and help us. And it says, Jesus goes in the next sentence, just the most important sentence, it says, if you can, it's kind of mocking that statement before. What do you mean, if you can? That's not how you talk to, talk to God. That's not how you talk to Jesus. God, if you can. It says that everything is possible for one who believes. Everything is possible for one who believes. Immediately the boy's father exclaimed, I do believe, help me overcome my unbelief. And then the miracle happens. But it's really the question of, you can't say, take pity, throw this out, throw me a bone. That's really not how we need to be having these conversations. We need to have absolute faith that God can come through. We have to... and. Sometimes we can't do this on our own. Sometimes our prayer has to be, God, give me faith. Help me heal my unbelief. That's probably some of the conversations we need to have. And that's not the only time it happens. You know, there's many contexts of people bringing um, faith or Jesus asking for better faith, asking us to believe. You know, there's a, in Mark 5.36, there's this context of the synagogue leader's daughter wanting to be raised from the dead. I mean, that's miraculous. This is serious stuff, right? And God's saying, don't be afraid. Jesus is saying, don't be afraid, just believe. That's what it takes for us. And that's an instruction for us is like, hey, if you want to chase after miracles, you need to believe. But just because it hasn't happened today, it hasn't happened in your time, time frame, hasn't happened in the way you want it to happen, there could be many reasons for what has happened. We don't have the understanding of what is happening sometimes, but God's asking us to keep believing. Keep believing. So that's the first point. First one is be still in God. Second is keep believing or believe. The third point, <laughs> the funny thing about storms, right? You know what's the best place to be when the storm hits you? The best place is not be anywhere close to it. <laughs> not be anywhere near it. Run away from it. That's really that. I've got a picture of a storm taken from uh, an as astronomical or an astronaut view of that. Hey, that's what a storm looks like. It could be hard, huge, and wide. But the best place for the storm is actually the eye of the storm. <laughs> so that's a picture of 
somebody flew a flight inside that same storm and took a picture, they said, that is actually the eye of the storm. It's true. You know, this is obviously Google. It has to be true. But, <laughs> but hey, that is actually a picture of the storm. They say, this eye of the storm feels like a warm, sunny day. <laughs> the eye of a storm feels like a warm, sunny day. So what that's, you know, what, to me, what that really looked like is being in Perth. On <laughs> a warm, sunny day. God brought me out of the storm into Perth. I'm amen to that, right? Hey, but you know what? My third point is be centered. Be centered on Jesus. So this is, if you want to go getting into the miracle and be a miracle chaser, you need to be centered on Jesus. You need to lean more into him. You need to engage more with him. You need to have an expression of love to him. You need to accept him. There's different things that you need to do to start experiencing Jesus. Now, one of the things about being centered, what really doesn't help us being centered is being weighed down or being out of balance or being... And that usually happens when you're carrying burden, right? When you're carrying burden, you're usually going this way. You want to counterweight. You've got to do all of those things that's there. The best way for us to be centered is to take what we have, our issues, our things, our challenges, our storms, and give it to Jesus. When we take that, we are then able to center ourselves. We are able to just position ourselves in the eye of the storm, leaning on Jesus. It says in 1 Peter 5, 7, this is how you center yourself. Casting all your cares, all your anxieties, all your worries, and all your concerns once and for all on him. For he cares about you with deepest affection and watches over you very carefully. So this is how you center yourself, is by throwing away all those things that are not that are meant to take you off balance and stay centered, stay in the middle, right? Here's a fact, another fact, not a fun fact. Worrying about these situations and about these challenges doesn't do anything to the situation. It actually doesn't do anything to the situation. The only thing that it wrecks is me. It wrecks is me. Jesus says this beautifully in Luke 12, 25. And which of you, like which one of you, which one of me, can by worrying or getting caught up in the worry, add one hour to one's lifespan? So Jesus is saying that by, by worrying about what you are and what you're doing, you can't add anything more to your life. You can't break your way through this. This is important for us to understand that, hey, we need to cast our worries, take our worries to him, put that trust back on him, and say, God, you got this, you got this, you take this, I don't know how I'm going to deal with this, I don't know what I'm going to do here, throw this back at him, so you are able to then find balance and be centered. Is that good? Good. <laughs> hey, here's a thing about storms, another fun fact. Most storms or most tornadoes in the U.S., as they say, are all false alarms. Sometimes we're just worrying about the things that might happen rather than the things that will happen. 
So we have to go, well, that might not affect me. If it affects me, I'm still centered in Jesus. But be prepared for it. But not be caught up in the things that might happen. That, that really is a big thing. The, the other thing, you know, this is another fun fact. You heard of lightning strikes, right? Yeah. As they say, nine out of ten people survive a lightning strike. How good is that? So even if you are struck by lightning, <laughs> which is what a storm, you know, it's just a metaphor, don't think. Um, but really, really, even if you're struck or in the lightning, what it, it's saying is that you'll be fine. You could be fine. God's got this, right? That's how you got to go. So why are you worrying about those things that can happen to me? Rather than worrying about the things where you're in and what can you do about it and how do you keep, keep doing what you're called to do in this season. Hey, three points. First, be still, knowing God is in control. Believe that God can get you out of this situation and he can give you the miracle that you need. The third point is be centered in Jesus. Be centered in Jesus. Great. The fourth point, you know, after we've done all of these things, we've also got to do another practical thing. My fourth point is be moving. If so I said be still, and now I'm saying be moving. Hey, but that's stillness in God, but you got to keep moving to reach your miracles. Storms are always in motion. It's not a static thing. You got to move, you got to adapt, you got to run away, you got to be in the center for seasons. You got to do all of these things to make sure that you're actually out of that. Right? Usually, people will tell you testimonies. Someone's already had an experience. Oh, I went through a similar thing like that. They're able to tell you when they're out of the storm. Hindsight is fantastic. If I only knew, I wouldn't have been so worried. If I knew this was going to happen, I don't know why I stressed about it. Some of these things we just go, but we need to do something. It says in James 2.26, as the body without spirit is dead, so faith without deeds is dead. What it's saying is faith without action, without us doing something, is dead. So you have to put your faith into action. You have to be moving. You have to be moving, right? So that's the tough bit, right? We've got to do something. Sometimes, if you're in a really bad place, the movement could be challenging. You don't know how to get about it. And I've been in situations where I've gone... I have no clue, I don't want to get out of bed, I don't want to move, I don't want to read the Bible, I don't want to pray, I just want to blame, I just want to criticize, I just want to complain, I just want to win, all of those positions that you're in. <laughs> it says in Hebrews 6.12, we do not want you to become lazy, but to imitate those who, through faith and patience, inherit what has been promised. The Bible's telling us to copy people. <laughs> it actually is telling us, hey, someone else has already solved this. Someone else has already gone through this. You're not necessarily the first one to say this storm. Why didn't you go and talk to someone? Why didn't you get counsel from someone? Reach out to someone. Put your hand up. Go have a conversation. That's what this is really telling you. You can't do this alone. Most of the time, you can't do this alone. Now, for us, moving, what does be moving really mean? And it's very 
important for us to get is to be moving in the things of God. What God said before us, what God has called us to do. And for us as a church, we've been talking about kingdom purpose. We have to be moving towards our kingdom purpose, always. Always keep moving towards your kingdom purpose. What am I meant to do? What am I meant to do here in the church, outside in the community? What am I called to do? And what has God put in me? And what is the good works in my life look like? That's what I've got to be moving into. Right? And sometimes the simple things are just getting up. Just getting up. It doesn't have to be more complicated than that. just getting up. Have a cup of coffee, man. You should have a cup of coffee every time you can. <laughs> but that, don't think that, that simple act from where you are, so you know, caught up in not being able to just having a cup of coffee and say, thank you God for coffee, is actually moving. Is actually making a choice to actually break through into you. So never, don't think those small things are not important. It's sometimes the small steps that can lead you to those bigger steps. Wake up, switch off your TV or phone. You know, leave friends that are not taking you on the journey. Sometimes you have to make a choice to hang with different people. You know, turn up to church. Sometimes when I'm the most frustrated, I have, I have to make a conscious choice just to be in church. Just to be in church. Read your Bible. Engage with the Word of God. Sometimes I'm just reading like a book, but I'm reading. I might not be ready to, I'm not like, like completely passionate about engaging with the word, but I'm still reading. I just want to keep going. Sometimes something, God brings something in. Never ignore those small things. Again, when I come into church, I come in to serve. I come in to serve this 45, one hour of my life. I can just forget about my worries. I can just come and help. Just be a blessing to somebody. Even though all those storms are swirling around in my life, I can just bless somebody through that season as well. God helps me. God's looking at that. God's infinitely interested in the small detail and where you're doing. You've got to ask for help. One other thing I, you know, ask someone to pray with you. Hey, just pray for me. I'm really going through a season. Come to the front to pray. Reach out to your pastoral teams. I can't keep saying, you know, how many times we, we are here to help. The pastoral teams are here to help. Our leaders are here to help. And don't, don't discount, or they don't have my experience. They don't have my background. I come from a different background. They don't understand how to run a business. They don't know the challenges I'm facing. Don't discount those things. Firstly, this is a God-anointed position as pastors to care and equip you. Secondly, they see more of your problems across many other people, and they bring that experience and wisdom into your situation. So don't discount coming in and having a conversation with these people. Hey, those are, to me, the practical things that you can do to get moving into your kingdom purpose. Be moving. So four points, really, is, you know, first, be still in God. Second, believe that he can get you through this. Be centered on Jesus and be moving into your kingdom purpose. Right. The funny thing is, as Christians, Jesus said, it's finished. For us, the, the real miracle is that we have eternal life. The real miracle we should be chasing after is Jesus. That Jesus come into my life so I have a relationship with God the Father. That's the real miracle that we are chasing. And that's already done. You don't have to do anything. You're not even chasing. That's already come to you. You just have to make a small choice. When we know that, then what happens to the, the practical things out here? It says, you know, in 2 Corinthians 4, 8, 9, it says, we are pressed on every side by troubles, but we are not crushed. No, eternal life is guaranteed. We are pressed on every side here, but we are not crushed. We are perplexed, but not driven to despair. We are hunted down. Man, come on. We are hunted down, but never abandoned by God. We get knocked down, but we are not destroyed. 
He has a plan for you to do good works. Jesus has finished this once and for all. You may be knocked down, but not destroyed. So go after this. Go after the miracles that God said for you. Go after the promises he said for you. Do that by being still in the storm, believing God's going to perform the miracle, centered on Jesus and keeping him at the focus of everything that you do and be moving in your kingdom purpose. I'm just going to get the band to join me today. Hey, it's, it's, not, it's not coincidence, you know, when Jesus says this in John 16, 33. He said, I have told you these things, right? Anything that coming off is like, I have told you these things so that in me, you may have perfect peace. In this world, you have tribulation and distress and suffering, but be courageous, be confident, be undaunted, be filled with joy. I have overcome the world. I have overcome the world. What he's saying is my conquest is accomplished. My conquest is accomplished and my victory is abiding. And my victory is abiding. Hey, the real miracle isn't what happens outside. The real miracle is what happens inside in your heart. When, when Pastor Jerry declared miracle territory, you know, it's not just getting on and getting that new job or getting that new business off the ground or, you know, expanding your business or getting successful in your career or getting a relationship or getting a spouse or, you know, getting the right person, all of those things. But really, it's an area of your heart that you need to take territory over. That's the, I need a miracle to conquer that area of my life inside. I need to break that. I need to surrender that. I need to let this go. That's the first miracle that we should be looking for. And all of these things that we spoke about today, the encouragement is to try and break through those aspects of your heart. Right? I'm just going to get the, the band to worship. Why don't you all stand up and say, hey, we are going to be a miracle chaser because we... Thank you so much for joining us online today. Really great to have you with us. And special thanks to those also who give online. Your generosity is making the way for others to hear the message of Jesus, both here in Australia and around the world. If you enjoyed today's message, I'd love to encourage you to share this message with a friend, a workmate, a family member. And let's believe together that it will powerfully impact their life for good in Jesus' name. If you're unable to be with us at one of our church locations, uh, both here in Australia and around the world, please join us online every Sunday for Global Heart at Home on YouTube. God bless and have a great week.